there is absolutely a person behind that logo. One of the things that's a challenge today, especially with social and everything digital, is it's easy to dehumanize your brands, to think of FedEx as the white truck and not the driver, to think about the big brand, the big box store, the big company that you're working with, even the organization that you're selling to that has 20 people making decisions, to think of them as the logo or the brand and not think of them as the people behind it. Well, today's guest helps us to break down the dehumanizing of brands and think about this as H to H, very human to human, all today on the podcast. Welcome to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. Now here's your host, Todd Will. Todd Wills. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We have Brian Kramer with us today. Brian is a big proponent of humanizing the brand, the H to H. He is a TED speaker, author, highly published, uh, quoted influencer, agency leader, and now coach for leaders around the globe. He has sort of been there, done it all. He talks to everybody. And one of the things that's great about Brian is taking complex ideas, making them simple and easy to understand. And today we talk about humanizing the experience for brands and for marketing and making it just a little bit closer to home. All today on the podcast. Brian, as we do traditionally on the podcast, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and why you're here. Sure. Yeah. Brian Kramer from, um, well, located in San Jose, California, um, born and <laughs> raised in San Jose, California, which is one of the rare, rare people that actually is from here and, and uh, lives here. Um, and then all the tech people came in and ruined my land. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> I, um, I, I'm basically a marketer uh, at heart in soul and mind. And I love marketing, live and breathe it. And that's my, my, my main thing. I actually am doing what I studied in school, which is also pretty rare. Um, and, I'm, and I love uh, looking at marketing from both a digital um, and non-digital uh, perspective, kind of like an anthropological pers- perspective and looking at how, um, how humans relate to, um, to different parts and aspects of marketing. Most recently, um, uh, how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and augmented reality, and all these great new things are coming, and then what does that mean for humans and vice versa? So that's that's um, that's my focus. My background is actually having worked in agencies growing up through the first job I've had out of college, all the way through um, starting a consultancy, um, and we I got to learn all kinds of things. And being a marketing consultant, we were about three people and grew it to seventy five, and then eventually sold it to a public uh, company, which was great, but also not what I had originally signed up for. So um, I then met uh, Courtney, my now wife and business partner, and we started an agency 18 years ago, our own agency. And that um, that has been through all kinds of twists and turns. And we've done incredible fun and, and interesting and, and weird and all kinds of <laughs> things in that agency <laughs> uh, growing. It's grown from a branding agency to a digital agency, to a social media agency, to a, um, uh, uh, then to a lead gen agency. So we've been through the gamut of all these different things. And so that's why I, I actually 
you know, love where, where marketing is at. Cause it really goes through all these different changes over time and, and, um, and you got to stay ahead of the curve in order to be relevant. So, um, so that brings us to present day and, and here I am talking to you. Well, you're a, you're a, a rare individual across the board. I mean, you're, it, it's interesting. You joke about being, um, uh, you know, the native Silicon Valley and still living out here. That's, that's a rare entity. Everyone else is from someplace else. Just like uh, Las Vegas and Los Angeles, everyone's from somewhere, someplace else. And you're also one of the rare people that actually studied and, and w- walked through the discipline of marketing and ended up in a career with it. Um, you find that most people have started someplace else and then sort of found their way into marketing as their natural calling. The, um, the one thing that I also like about, about you and your background is, you know, you're you're a founder at heart. You're an entrepreneur at heart. You, you've got the gene, you've got the mindset, but you're also a marketer. And, and for most founders, most people that are thinking about going and starting their own thing, they don't tend to be marketers as their discipline. So I think this puts you in, you know, extremely rarefied air. So I'm, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. And I think that actually opens us up for the first, you know, the first question is as as you work with all of these different brands and pure matter has been through big companies, large behemoth enterprise companies, and then very small medium businesses, small upstarts, you've really run the, the, the full breadth of size of companies. Um, how are you typically going in and having the conversation with them around brand? What's the, What's the conversation that you're finding you're having around the idea, the notion of brand? Let's use that to start with, and I'm sure this will take us into a couple of interesting places. Sure. Um, it, it's, I would say that it, um, it, it, comes up, it comes up in, um, in everything that you do. So it touches, you know, it's a, it, it touches everything and especially, uh, especially the customer experience, which, um, you know, we're doing in, in, in customer support now and, um, you know, it's happening in, in HR and it's happening in product development. Um, so brand is, is almost at every single level and at every single conversation because the customer, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're doing it right, the customer's at the center and you're looking at everything that exists around that customer and how, how are they touched? Right. So like every, every single touch point amounts to, um, a potential sale. Um, and, and the more touch points with the right prospect amounts to, you know, a close, a, a, a close of sale. Um, on average, it's about seven, um, sometimes in some areas or some, uh, uh, industries, it's a much longer tail sale, but on average, you know, with good, good quality touches, it's about seven. And so then you start to think about how, what's the, um, what's the storyline through all those different touches and what's the, the red thread as, as, you know, as people say, and, and where, where is that, um, that, that arc of story that, that makes them, um, want to, want to get to know the, the brand, um, where I see a lot of companies actually, um, you know, being challenged is that they're trying to make people fall in love with the company, not the people. Um, and especially in today's world, most of, most everything, not everything, but most everything is digital, um, especially on the, um, more business side. And so if you're trying to sell people, you know, on a product or a brand, it's extremely hard. But if you're telling, if you're, you're trying to sell them on a, you know, on a, um, um, 
uh, solving a, solving a pain problem for for whatever it is that they're going through. Um, that's that's important. That's the first hurdle to make it over. But um, it's also who's selling them, um, and and by who I mean a person. Um, I think we work with we want to work with people, not companies. And so um, so that makes it extremely hard. Back to your question about how do you how do you um, how do you build a brand when it's focused around individuals um, in most companies, which is which is focused on relationships. So you you almost have to define that um, from either from the get go or come back in wherever you're at and start to define your your brand um, your brand messaging. Now, Court, Courtney, this is um, I think Courtney is one of your interviews as well, and this is her like wheelhouse is where you know how to actually build the the different messaging levels of a brand. Um, where where I'm more focused is actually at the more uh, tactical level of um, you know how to measure it how to look at it and how it's, how it's, how effective is it? Um, and so, you know, kind of together we, you know, you need to have the yin and the yang of both of what I just said, the messaging ladder, the care abouts, you know, all, all of the mission vision, you know, all the different things that make up a brand. And then you start to identify like different touch points, different human touch points throughout that whole um, selling process and say, okay, well, how are those branded touch points that we can, you know, insert different things like, um, you know, something that's going to make an, like a really big difference. That's different than just that normal, like email sequence that you send out, like that has seven emails that goes out. So, um, so human, I, I think it's, it's a combination of two things. One, it's, it is the, the, the messaging ladder or the brand ladder and everything that you build that tells you what this brand makeup is, but two, it's the people and training them on how to actually interact with that brand and stand stand for that brand in the right way at the, in the right time. Well, you know, as you, as you were talking about kind of measuring and, um, and, and activating, putting, you know, putting these tactics into place, it, it, um, it helps me think of, all right, if I'm in the shoes of a founder and I've got this company that's up and running and you've got all these challenges facing you, you've got operations challenges, you've got talent challenges, you know, you may have engineering challenges, sales teams, uh, building the website, building all your infrastructure, uh, finding a good place to, you know, call home, uh, getting desks and then butts and seats, all of those. It, brand may feel like one of those things that I'll do that later. If is you're talking to companies, when do you start advising these founders, the CEOs, the leadership teams to start thinking about brand, is it, is it ever too early to start and is it better to start early or, or to push this down the, the priority list and think about it later on? I think the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's both. Uh, it's never too early and it's, it's never too late and it's never ending. So um, it, it is always in constant, improvement and progress. And, um, you know, the one thing I will say is that, um, as culture changes, which does for every single company, it's not, um, it, it, that's what changes the brand. And so, um, again, people it's, if you, if you work at a people driven brand, which I would say 99% of the brands out there are, then, um, then it's always changing. Um, and, and it's not something that any other company can steal. Um, so, you know, hear about all these companies that like keep it, 
private and, you know, let's not tell anybody, but the culture is what makes the brand unique. And, um, and you can't make that part up. It's like, it's like naming a child and then the child becomes a personality and that personality actually um, drives back to the name. And you start to associate that name more with the personality of the child than anything else. Um, mm. Same thing. It's, it's a culture that you can't really predict unless you hire on brand. Uh, and eventually then it gets dictated by the culture and the, um, the tone of that culture. And then people start to make that, make that, um, that culture even stronger or not. And if you see that culture not being stronger, it's probably because either a, you hire the wrong people or two, the brand is not on, uh, it's not on brand and you're, you're not, um, you haven't identified exactly who, what your brand, who your brand is. So um, it, it really is one of the most challenging jobs I think out there because you're met, you're, you're trying to set your whole company up for success. You're trying to hire on brand. You're trying to convey to salespeople how to sell your brand. You're trying to convey how to, the product needs to convey the brand and what, what brand traits it takes on. So yeah, it's, it's everything. It's, it's all of that before, during, and after. Well, I think that's a real, that's a real struggle, real challenge for, um, for any, a burgeoning leadership team as they start thinking about who's the right people to bring on board. There's always this conversation about culture and everyone talks about the culture of the company. Um, but I, I like the way that you are defining this is really it's, it's part of the brand of the organization and making sure that if you are, if you've established your brand, your purpose, your identity, you know what you're doing, you know where you're going, that can help inform some of the people you bring on board and that actually drives culture and therefore also drives your brand and the two work hand in hand off each other. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, if you want sales and marketing to work together, which is always the biggest pain point of every company that you talk to, anyone talks to, I mean, um, you know, sales and marketing can be as disparate or as together as the brand is helping them to be. And, you know, sometimes it's the quality of the product or quality of the service that helps them to sell better or helps them to, you know, helps marketing to market better. Um, but um, I, I always find it interesting when the, when, when the two aren't really finding their groove, like what that baton pass looks like between sales and marketing. And usually it does go back to the brand not being, um, it's, it's too complicated or it's too, um, too hard to understand, even for internal. And, um, and when that's, when that happens, you got a, you got a bigger issue. Um, and as companies get larger, that becomes a bigger issue. I mean, that's when you start to build brand teams and you've got a team of people just dedicated to brand. And that's, um, yeah, that's when you know you're, you've, I guess you've made it. <laughs> and I say that with a question mark. Um, but, uh, you know, that is like, you know, I, I've worked with teams like that. I've never worked on a team like that at a big company like that. But, um, you know, at working at, at midsize, and when I say midsize, like, you know, less than, you know, less than 500 million, um, then, you know, in, intimately with those brands, it's, it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more flexible and fluid. And I say, enjoy it and celebrate it and don't, don't, um, <laughs> don't look at the bigger <laughs> brands and think, wow, they have it made. They have billions of dollars to spend because they're Nike. Um, they have bigger challenges and there's those challenges are, are, are not money. It's, it's how to connect. It's many more connections on the brand touch points. Well, and that's, uh, and that's a good, I think a really good point that it, it actually starts to lead into, you know, you talked about the size of teams and, and who's managing the brand. Um, uh, I want to, 
direct our conversation a little bit around, you know, your, your wheelhouse and, and what you've been doing for, you know, the, the 2000s, right, is, is really been focusing on the agency, the consultancy relationship. You've written books, you've done TED Talks uh, around this idea of, um, you know, helping organizations, helping them build brands, helping them define themselves, define their strategy, and then all the channels to do that in. So let's let's kind of focus your expertise here. If you're a founder, and you know, let's let's say you've got a pretty small, you're just getting up and running, you're just starting to think about moving, or you've gotten a few good moves under your belt, you've built up a couple of customers, you feel like you've got a little momentum. Um, again, this idea of of bringing in marketing help or helping you to think about marketing may seem really foreign to them. What have you seen that's worked when you've had someone bring you in as an agency or as a consultant or as an individual? What are the questions they're asking? How are they thinking about it? Um, how do they get comfortable with you? For many, this might be the first time they've ever brought somebody on board. What are the things that work? And then where have you seen, oh, yeah, you know what? We know when we see this, we're, we're headed for the, you know, the slow road to oblivion, that this is going to be a disaster. So what are the what are the good, the bad, and the ugly of how people bring agencies and consultants in? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Cause, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, you know, that, that's, um, here, Brian. it's, it's like inviting, um, it's inviting someone to be a part of your family, like an exchange student and, um, and you, you welcome them as a, as a brother or a son or a sister or a daughter, <laughs> depending upon who. <laughs> and, um, and then you have to go through like having them in your space and you have to have them um, telling you what they think and how, how, how maybe they, they, they would organize your pantry better and um, how they think that the food that you eat may not be as healthy as you think or whatever, <laughs> whatever, like things that you, you think it's going to be totally easy to invite this person to your home. It probably isn't because it's a new, new person. Um, and so, you know, it's the same kind of thing, you know, when you have a, a work experience and you're inviting people from the outside to take part in, um, in your, in your home and, um, and they're, they're starting to tell you about what, what they think you should do and how you should potentially do it better Then I think it takes a certain kind of person on the inside of, of a, a company or a brand to be able to work with that. Um, not everyone can do it. And so that, that makes, it's the ingredients of a great relationship between those two point people that actually I think makes it all very successful. And, and, and that be, that's because they can actually communicate better and, and set expectations and, and learn better. And, and so that's why I think you see a lot of companies that have already worked with somebody in the past that does something that already has a relationship. Maybe they, they already had them as an exchange student in their home <laughs> somewhere else. Mm. And they're like, I already know how to live with this person. Can we just bring them in here? And that makes a lot more sense <laughs> than bringing in someone new. So, um, so I, I think that's, that's a, tr that's a huge trend um, going all the way back to the Mad Men days. And I don't see it stopping. Um, I think uh, the thing though, that, that, um, that's going to be new is that, that, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll cross the line here and, and talk about the big agency relationship versus the small one um, or small medium um, is that there's, you're seeing a lot of new agencies or new uh, studios or new boutique agencies pop up. And I think they're going to pop up even more. Um, now I'm on the consulting side, so I can take this kind of point of view much easier than I could when I had the, the agency, but that's, you know, they're crossing a line um, uh, now. And so um, I, I think that um, as as the, those new boutique agencies start to pop, pop up, they're going to start to become a little bit more successful because um, A, they're a little bit more nimble, but B, and more importantly, maybe even like the most important thing, um, they are, um, they're very, very specialized. And the specialization of things today is more important than having a general knowledge of everything. Um, and that's because there's so many different things out there that, um, that there, it's impossible for any agency to serve, service everything. Um, and, and, and I don't think that it's um, totally right that, um, and, and I do think, I'm not against big agencies. I think they serve a place and a purpose and they have, you know, global understanding and global reach and all kinds of other things I would list. But when you're looking at specialized, like, let's just take YouTube, for example. Like, if you're going to drive a YouTube channel, you can break that down almost into about seven to ten different agencies that could service on many different levels. One is just analytics and optimization. One is just SEO of YouTube. One is production value and video recording. One is the ad network that exists only on YouTube. So there's four right there, right? So you can see how this can kind of like break down. Now you can break it down even further into niches because when you're in – the YouTube industry, you want somebody who knows your industry so well that they've already proven themselves in the ad network of YouTube in like uh, the, the um, uh, you know, the, the uh, call it, um, you know, this, the market for uh, headphones. And, and so you want to choose an agency that has proven themselves, that's done that before, that can add network within the headphone industry. So you can see how many different specialties might exist when you start to compound that on everything that's out there and what kind of perfect like situation I would like if I were on the inside of, an, of a company is an agency that gets, a well, gets along with others. So you're always going to have your main agency, but you always want like these unique, like whatever your marketing plan is, what, whatever it makes sense on. And if you divide it into like an 80-30 rule of like 80% we're going to do what we know, 30% we're going to test and try new things. Well, you want those new things to be like across the board with those kinds of unique, special kind of you know, uh, boutique agencies. Um, so that's, um, I, I could keep going on this topic for quite a while because I spent years doing this, but, um, but I think it's become different now than it was even five or 10 years ago because now the channels are so diverse that, um, that even the boutique agencies are dividing themselves into more unique niche pieces in order to stay relevant. So, um, so that's kind of, that's how I would answer that. Well, and I, th I think your, your views here in particular on, on the specialization of marketing, um, I'd love to hear you scratching a little bit more on, okay, so let's talk about the channels and let's talk a little bit about why they get specialized. And then, you know, even hearing, okay, so if you're, you're again, you're putting on your founder's cap and you're saying, great. Uh, I hear you, Brian, that they're becoming specialized. Now, how do I know who to pick? I've got all these agencies uh, and getting, you know, 15 emails a week 
from them, all these consultancies that are coming in and telling me that they can do amazing things for me. How do I know who to pick? What are the steps that I start to take to evaluate whether they're right one or not? So I think, um, I think two things. One is the person you hire to help you with your marketing who has done marketing before. Um, that's the person that I would know, like, and trust to help you pick those, those companies. Um, because they're probably going to, they're, they're going to come with um, that expertise of, um, of maybe who to go to. So remember I was talking about um, people that you onboard where they're going to go, Hey, I already have somebody who is my exchange student at the previous two companies and they already got results. Yeah. From me. So, um, so that's going to be like number one. Um, number two is, um, is if, if you are trying something new and you then, then you want to tap into your network um, and, and, you know, I just tap into my network by like going into a, a private Facebook group, private um, LinkedIn group for exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for. And almost within seconds of any network, when you're asking somebody for recommendations, you're going to get recommendations. It doesn't matter if you have social network or not, you, you're still going to get, because people, everyone's looking for work. And so, um, so you're going to get to see like the quality of what's out there and get a real good sense if you just put it out into the world and ask your friends for a recommendation, um, whether it's on social or not. Uh, you know, over over the phone, you're asking a, a friend for a recommendation. Most everyone has one. Um, so in, in that industry. So I think that's number two. Number three is if you don't have, um, if you don't have a, a, a marketing person, you're really starting, um, you know, you're a startup and you're, you're really starting to like really build your, your, um, your, your, uh, your team, your tribe of people. Um, then I would start doing, um, I would, I would probably start using virtual services um, first and, and start going to like freelance.com and some of those sites and start to look at individuals that, um, and look at their work and their portfolios and start pulling them in so that they can get you going until you can get introductions and things, um, you know, aligned with the right boutique agency or freelancer or agency or big agency, whatever level that you're at. So, um, I think there's a place for everyone and, um, and I would probably use those three, uh, levels to get there. One of the things I love about C-Suite Radio is our sponsors. That's right. It's the people that actually put time, place, effort, energy behind their products and make sure that this show actually gets off the ground. So I would appreciate it, and I know they would too, if you would give a quick listen to our sponsor this week. Thank you for taking a listen. Now, let's get back to our in-depth, engaging conversation with Brian Kramer. Oh, that's perfect. Because uh, I think there's there's always a little bit of fear, ambiguity, doubt, uncertainty. Um, and, and sometimes it's just move, 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 this sort of ready, um, fire, aim approach, where the first couple of marketing moves a company make can be a little bit off the mark. And I hear you saying, look, agencies are becoming more specialized. Um, trust the marketing person that you brought on board, that first hire to help you uh, wade through and decide where your strategy is and make the alignment and then go find the agency that can help in those particular areas. And then, you know, build those trusted relationships because it is like bringing in another member of the family um, into the organization and then utilizing them effectively and then to get to your point, as we talked about at the beginning, it's, it really then starts to become a conversation about measuring, about um, running those tactics and making sure that the work that they're doing is really valuable. 
yeah, it's a lot. This is why there's people that do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was if it was easy, we'd all be out of a job, right? Um, <laughs> it is. It's 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 super complicated. So um, let's see. The you know the the other key thing is um, you know as as these organizations sit down and start to develop the the strategy and their direction, I think one of the things that we've we've heard sort of time and time again is this idea of um, companies drifting away from their, from their mission, from their, their brand and their core purpose. And, and also again, with the same tone of forgetting about the, the people, the interpersonal connections that they make along the way. So they, they think about, you know, monetizing and creating a system, but what they do is they forget that they're interacting, they're transacting with other humans they're transacting with people, they're transacting on, a, on an emotional level. And I think they forget a lot about that. And, you know, you, you've written books on this, this is your focus. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on creating those interpersonal connections and why they're so valuable. Oh man, interpersonal connections, both oh, yeah. inside the company and out. Um, or uh, let's start without, let's start without first. And then I think we can, we can start talking about internal and, and, uh, you know, building the culture, but yeah, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on, on the external side, right. Building those, um, those more personal connections with people along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in our, so, so uh, um, I mean, this is, this is my whole, um, my, my whole uh, almost, almost like, well, half of my career is, is really spent on, um, like understanding the the value of relationship to um, to influence to to purchase, and um, I was saying before when we first started that everything is really built on a relationship, um, you know, and the people within an organization. And so, um, you know, teaching it, teaching interpersonal skills is what is really hard. Um, getting people to um, engage on social is even harder. Um, and so that's why I think there's teams of um, of people that are, that are just, you know, this is their job and they, they can be assigned to engagement. And, um, and I spent, a um, I spent a, um, a day with a company yesterday, um, called CBiz and they're actually, um, they're actually, um, able to actually prove a revenue model through, um, through, through relationships and, and social sharing. And, and it's in the millions. And I was totally shocked like that social media, like not shock, shock. Cause I've seen some companies do it, but it's so rare when you can see like a tweet to purchase like, a, and, and, and it's in the B2B industry. It's not like you're purchasing again, a headset. It's, it's like you're purchasing like something that usually takes six to 12 months to sell. And, um, and, and, and how, and a tweet to sales in that, in that arena is really hard. So if they can do it, why can't everyone do it? It was my thinking. And, and it's because they, they, they focus so much on process and in engagement. So um, process being the technology and engagement being the humans. Um, so I think everything is really about humans and technology moving together, technology and computers working together. It's not technology versus computers or versus humans. Um, and, and, um, you know, and then moving forward as we start to look at, you know, new tools that are out there like artificial intelligence and, you know, all the, all the uh, machine learning and, and the things that scare, scare us to losing our jobs because, you know, they're taking over the world isn't, I don't believe going to happen, but what will happen is it'll replace some skill sets that we don't necessarily need to have because, you know, we can't scale. Um, we like, I can't go answer thousands of email of tweets or emails today. Cause that's just like not, 
going to work within the other 10 meetings that I have to do. Um, but I need to answer all those people. So what if, you know, potentially there's a way to, um, to, you know, be able to find the needles in the haystack, the things in all of that that really matters the most um, that affects my job or that affects the company or affects the brand or affects the product or affects the purchase of that product, then I want to know about it. And so, if artificial intelligence can bring me closer to that so that I can then have a more human moment with that person, um, that's where I see it going. So, um, it's really scaling it's scale, like we, we're, we need to use technology now, nowadays to scale the amount of information that's out there in order to bring that to a human so that they can then have that engaged moment. Um, and whatever that happens at that point is, is a human experience um, and, and becomes something that they can then carry forward in a, in a much more human way or pass it back off to marketing again and say, or to sales or to whoever and, and, and put them back into the, the machine, if you will. But, but I think that's, that's pretty much how, um, where it's heading. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because you're, you're bringing up this idea that, um, that you can have a more human interaction when it's, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but augmented or enhanced with technology that helps you filter through and find and prioritize the, the better connection in a better way. Um, almost to some degree of almost helping to project manage, uh, program manage your your life and your experiences, and that's that can be a more meaningful engagement. I think what you typically hear around AI or machine learning is the fear side of it. The it's making things less personal. It's making things more removed. And you're actually saying that there's a there's an experience that makes it better, makes it more human, makes it more connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I was, I was uh, at a keynote last week that I was given and at the end of the keynote, I expected all these questions around like what I had just spoken about and, and what everybody else wanted to know was how, how do I answer everybody all the time? They were shocked. And I, and I was, I was like, really, did you hear anything? I just, and I'm kidding. Um, and so they, they're like, <laughs> but you know, I was like, I was also flattered because they wanted, they want to talk about like, how do you engage everyone and still do your job and still, you know, do other things. And, and, and it's because, you know, I think I put to practice what I'm also saying is that, um, you know, I don't, I don't put out, um, you know, with a, uh, with all of the social social media that that I have or that anyone has, um, there's tools to help make all that happen so that you don't have to be there pushing tweets out all day long. Uh, not that it needs to be robotic, not that it needs to be automated and right or whatever. I, I have my eye on every single thing that goes out, but um, and and it's 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 my words. It's what I said. Um, it's not what somebody else said, and it's in. Uh, you know, first person, it's, it's me speaking. Um, but there are ways that you can, you can like take, take a tool co uh, called lately and you can automate like an entire blog and put it through an artificial intelligence, um, uh, machine learning, um, uh, uh, Watson, uh, it, that they have built into their tool and it, it automatically builds out all your social posts for you. And then you can go edit them in a couple minutes and have posts for the next four months. And, um, and, and that happens in a few minutes. And, and so I don't have to sit, sit there and spend time like going through and building all of those things out. I can do all of that. It's all my words. It's scheduled at the right time. And then guess what? When people respond, I reply. And, um, and then I have another person who goes and they flag the, the ones that are more personal. Like, you know, it's not just a bot replying back, but it's actually like a, 
a person who wants to like engage. And so then I know when that happens versus when like, it's just all over the place, you know, which is also what brands probably deal with on an even bigger level. So, um, so all of these things are available to us so that we only have to spend, you know, minutes or a half an hour a day, not hours a day. And, um, and, and that's on the social side. Then on the sales side, it's the same thing. Um, and, and you cross that with like social, um, social selling. Um, so, so, you know, if you were to use like, like tools like uh, nudge AI, or there's other tools out there that actually are nimble and it brings everybody's world, um, and your whole network together so that you can actually see the path of relationship through content and social media to a certain person you want to get to know, and then maybe reach out in a much more warm, less creepy way and get to know (laughs) them and and it'll do it like really fast, right? Like you can log in and do that in, in like five or 10 minutes a day. So, um, so that's not the same as it was, you know, 20, 15, 20 years ago where you literally like everyone was picking up the phone and dialing for dollars and they're like hoping somebody says, yeah, I'll take a meeting. And then you'd have to go, there was no WebEx. You had to go over there and actually meet them. Yeah. And, um, and so now, you know, all of these things are available to us so we can get closer to the customer faster. Well, so I, one of the things I think we'll, we'll have to wrap up here in a second and I think we could spend uh, really a, a whole nother podcast, even a couple of hours talking about all the tools and technologies that are out there to help people do this. If, um, if somebody's interested, how do they find and follow you? What are the links, the places that they can come and find you so that they could start to ask you direct questions about some of these tools and even help bring you in house? How do we reach out to you, Brian? Where are you? I made it so hard for everybody by by I know. by making my name uh, the way to reach me everywhere. Um, so if you go oh. to at, at Brian Kramer or <laughs> briankramer.com dot com or um, or or forward slash Brian Kramer on Facebook or forward slash Brian Kramer on LinkedIn, uh, if you are on Pinterest, you can go to forward slash Brian Kramer. Um, so um, I'm not on Pinterest a lot though. Uh, so try me more on Twitter and LinkedIn and my mm-hmm. website. Um, if and and if you want to reach out, there's a contact form on um, or an email address on. Um, in fact, here's my email address. It's Brian at BrianKramer.com. So um, there you have it. I mean, there's there there should be no problem reaching out, and I love to hear from anybody. So please tweet, please link LinkedIn me, or or Facebook me, or email me. Well, that's perfect. Um, Brian, we got to wrap up here, but thank you so much for, for hopping on the call today. I loved hearing your thoughts around the change in the agency model, uh, thoughts around the, the kind of human element of brand, and then really how we kind of closed out on all these technologies and how um, really how AI and machine learning and how all these tools can help make a more human interaction. I think that's, that's uh, honestly heartwarming for a lot of people to hear because there's so much uh, fear and uncertainty there. And we read, you know, all these um, uh, bombastic headlines about how AI is going to take over and it's, uh, you know, it's a, the Terminator scenario when what you're saying is it's really a human connection or it can at least enable that. So great thoughts, great ideas. And thank you so much for, for hopping on today and spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. I really appreciate it. I, it's been a, a fun time to spend talking about this stuff. I love this stuff. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Brian. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for listening. It was so great having Brian on. I think one of the things that I love about talking with Brian is his, and this is such an overused word, but his authentic point of view in terms of how we should think about 
how organizations are built, run, grown, and managed, and how to think about the people that are behind those decisions, and how marketing can play a central role to help steer, guide, <clears throat> and evolve an organization that isn't often thought of, where marketing tends to be just the, I don't know, the lead gen organization, or it tends to be just the growth organization. And you can find ways to make those personal connections with and around the brand through those people. So if you'd like to follow Brian, and I suggest you do, you can do it on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-M-E-R. You can also find him on Facebook at Brian Kramer. You can find his website at H2H Club, or you can just find him on BrianKramer.com. He makes it easy to find who he and where he is. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you again next week. You've been listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. For past episodes, blogs, and more, visit us at foundersplace.co. That's foundersplace.co. And thanks for listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.